Yeah, we are together for Jesus and have a sin.
our hands as we lift our voice we cry holy 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 is the lamb the angels bow down the angels bow down
when I want to minister, when you see me sing that singer, it's not I just I like to sing. But the song that I sing, God gives them to me. I don't just sing. Yeah, I don't do every time I come to minister. God gives me song to sing. So it's not like thank God I don't know how to sing. So you think that ah, he's trying to show his talent. I don't know how to sing. Eh? But you should also understand that uh, the presence of God in worship eh, becomes palpable, the presence. If you want to be a carrier of God's presence and glory, be a man of worship. I've never seen every man who carries the power of God tangibly. That is never a man of worship. Go and check. Check the likes of, our, of the fathers in faith that we have. Go and check them. They are men of worship. Because when you are somebody who interfaces with the glory and the power of God and the presence of God, there's no way worship will not, will not just begin to flow from your spirit. It's, see, worshiping God eh, is a natural tendency of men who dwell in the presence of God. Praise God. Worship eh, is one of the things that you find in the life of the people who are called dwellers of God's presence. Praise God. Now, what we are going to do today, now last week was more of impartation for what God said to me this for this for today. Is today is the day of doctrine and instructions. Praise God. So for the next 40 minutes, I'm going to rush and uh, minister the Lord would have it. Today is a day of doctrine and a day of instructions. I'd like you to bring out your pen and and Jordan to write. And I want you to open your heart. God is going to be speaking to you and your life will change. If you were not here last week, it's good that you get the audio for last week's teaching. You can meet the um, the secretary, where is brother? He will share you the link for the audio. The fellowship has uh, what's that stuff again? Yeah, podcast, a podcast, podcast page. So you can listen to all of our messages, they are there. So if you want to listen to last week, it's good for you to listen if you were not here. But I'll just try to go by a few things and then I'll go on. Praise God. I will not be able to get feedback from you that today because I want to rush. Like I said, today is a day of doctrine and instruction. That's what God said to me. Praise God. Um, last week we started by reading the book of um, Psalms 24. Psalm 24. The emphasis was laid on the emphasis was laid on verse 10. Verse 10. Who is he? No, give me KJV. KJV. Who is this king of glory? <clears throat> the Lord of hosts is the king of glory. We are going to come back to Psalm 24. We'll come back to Psalm 24 when there is a need for that. But this is where we laid emphasis on before we now enter into the teaching proper. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Uh, our topic last week was what? Joshua. What was our topic last week? Yeah, uh, the topic was, I mean, the thing actually is the Lord of hosts. The topic was, yes, the recruit of God's army. So today, we are still on the same thing, the Lord of hosts, but the topic has changed. And what's the topic? Yes, God's military formation. Abby? Yeah. So, what we want to actually do today is to look at the way. God forms men, the way he forges men, the men that have been, now last week we talked, we talked about recruits, so we have seen how God brings men into his kingdom as, as a recruit of his army. Now we want to now look at the things that God usually would do in the lives of people, do you understand? To make them soldiers that are fit for the battle, do you understand? So can you see the progression? Praise God. Now let's look at... Um, I should give me um, Psalms 
110 verse 2. Psalm chapter 110 verse 2. Let's start from verse 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Who is my Lord there? Eh? Jesus. Jesus, David was saying, said, The Lord, God said unto Jesus, Sit at my right hand until I make what? Thy enemies Eh? That goes to verse 2. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of the mist. I'm putting the word mist now. Out of the mist of Zion. We know what Zion means. There are different meanings of Zion. But let me just give you one. Zion. Zion can refer to the church as used in the scripture. Do you understand? So he's saying now Zion refers to the people of God. That the Lord shall send forth the rod of his strength out of the midst of what of Zion of what of Zion Abi now now the Lord of the rod of that of Zion now says root up in the midst of thy enemies now when we talk about ruling eh we know we last then you will talk about the kingdom and one of the things that we learned is that without a, a terrain of influence without a space there cannot be a kingdom there cannot be a king do you understand so this place is telling us that jesus is going to rule even in the midst of his enemies do you understand and that's why david said in uh, in psalm 20 he said and um the lord put a table before me abby in the midst of what of my enemies do you understand yes so he said the lord shall send the rod of thy strength look, look at it the lord will send the rod of thy strength out of the midst of what of zion he doesn't say that the lord will send zion as the rod of the strength so it means that it's not everybody that will come out of zion as the strength of god praise god the lord shall send the rod of thy strength there is something that the Bible says there, it is the rod of the strength of God and it shall come out of Zion. It's the, the entirety of Zion cannot be the rod of the strength. It is the people that God has put in the military that he has formed them to his own place that he can send them as the one as the rod of strength. So if you have never part of the people that God has recruited into his military formation you cannot be sent. Praise God. That's what the Bible says. Woe unto them who are, who are at peace in what? In Zion. Actually, I said last week that we are actually in the midst of the war. But the, but the funny thing is that there are people in Zion who are at peace. But the Bible talks about the devil. That a roaring lion said he's like a roaring lion seeking whom to, to devour. The devil goes to and fro. But in the midst of Zion, there are people who are at ease. There are people that are sleeping in the church. They do not recognize that we are actually in the midst of a battle. And I showed us some scriptures last week. That I showed us um, Revelation chapter 12. How that the whole dragon or the whole serpent was sent from heaven into the earth. And when you look at Genesis chapter 1, then verse 2 talks about darkness. And that the world became void and there was no form. Now, for the earth. Now, the reason is because the accused of the brethren that was sent forth from heaven to earth in Revelation chapter 12 we now have his manifestation on the earth as darkness, as turmoil, and as void. And the earth was formless. Now, this is the reason we should understand that we are actually in the midst of a war. And it is those that, that give themselves to be to those that give themselves under the government of the Christ that can be sent as the road of the strength. Out of the midst of Zion. So there are people actually that God will send. I said last week, I said that, see, God is never in a hurry. Now, when there is no man, Pastor, when there is no man, eh, God would rather wait. He will go back 
to the backside of the desert and make men like Elijah. He will go back to the backside of the desert and raise men like John. The Bible talks about John. That John the Baptist was in the wilderness until the day of his showing forth. The Bible talks about Moses. It took Moses 40 years before he could raise somebody. It took God 40 years before he could raise Moses. And when Moses showed up, the Bible says, God said to Pharaoh, said, said, I have made thee a God unto Pharaoh. Now, he didn't start a day. Now, he didn't just come one day. He took God 40 years. Moses spent 40 years of his life eh, in Egypt, eating the cucumbers of Egypt, eating their garlic. Moses was a man that was being trained in the way of Egypt. But God needed to, he needed to, to separate Moses. God needed to separate Moses to bring him out of the civilization of Egypt. Listen to me. Every civilization that has trained you up, if you want to change that civilization, you must first leave that civilization. Ashifa had your heart. You cannot change a civilization that you belong to. You must, that's why we talk, that's why we talk about the, the subject of consecration and purity. God had to take Moses. Do you, have you not wondered? Now, why did Moses leave Egypt? And Moses was in the desert. He was in the wilderness for 40 years. And after God, after the encounters and everything that Moses had with God, Moses came back and he became a God unto Pharaoh. Now, there are certain things that, there are certain realities that should have found expression in our world, in our community, in our families that have not found expression. The reason is because there are no men of stature. Now, God, I said last week that no general will send a soldier that is not well trained to the front of the war because they will waste the life of that soldier. That's the reason a lot of people, they are praying for power. Oh Lord, give me power. Oh Lord, give me power. Give me this, give me this. God will not give you because there is a government that seeks to rest upon you, but you are not yielding to that government. Praise God. This is said the Lord will send forth what is run out of the midst, is run of strength out of the midst of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thy enemies. It actually means there are enemies. And when we talk about enemies, eh? When we when we come to the subject of the matters of war, we talk about enemies. Are you following me? God is God is actually changing the pattern I want to follow, but I don't mind. You see, there are certain things, eh? That must. That must, there are certain criteria that must be met by your life before you can become part of the people that God will send out of the midst of Zion. Praise God. Do you understand? Let's go to verse 3 of that. Let me see what that verse 3 says. Now, thy people shall be willing in the days of thy power. This is, this is one of the reasons we need power. Praise God. This is one of the reasons we need what? What? When the power of God is tangible in the church, men will not be forced to do anything, sir. Because the power will be a witness to them. The Bible says, In the days of thy power, thy people shall be willing. When there is power, will not beg men to serve God. From verse 14. Spring tongues. Spring tongues for two minutes. Spring tongues for two minutes. 
because no spirit is permitted to walk here without actually um, seeing a man or getting embodiment through a man. Do you understand? So for any spirit function here, it needs a man. Do you understand? The spirit of function on the earth, there is a need of a man. That's why uh, the battle that we are in, eh, God needs men. That's why somebody said that without us, God will not. Eh? And without God, we cannot. Praise God. Do you understand? So, there is a battle that is currently going on. The lives of men eh, at the battleground. And men actually are the what? The weapons of warfare. Take that sense for the people that we're not around. Secondly, I'll just rush so that everyone will be on the same page. I said, you came into the middle of a war that we are talking about. And when you showed up, you showed up too late. <laughs> Do you understand? Before, long before you were born, this battle has begun. So when you, you came, you came too late. So for you to be able to leave this territory eh, successfully, you need to subscribe to a spirit. And so which spirit are you supposed to subscribe to? The spirit of God, because there is no point to be lower if you can be higher. Why do you subscribe to the devil when you can subscribe to God, who is the supreme being? Do you understand? So when you showed up, you showed up too late. So that's why you cannot begin to calculate and eh, by age 10, I should have been here. But it's good to plan. Eh? But there's a government upon you that you must give. You must give what credence to. Do you understand? So let's look at another stuff. Praise God. Now, I said, however, only the men that have been subjected to the acts and training of warfare can be sent out into the field of warfare. I've explained that, Abby. Okay. Now, the fracture of our world can only be put together temporarily by the men and women who have understanding of the bodies of the king of the kingdom. Do you understand? I said last week that for us to be able that we are in a fractured world because of the sin of Adam and Eve from the beginning and for the pieces of that fractured world to be put together eh, we need men who understand the body of God. Eh? But the problem is that only few men live for God's body. Most of the people on earth they live for their own selfish ambitions. But I want you to understand that in the kingdom, there is no will. You don't have your hope. Only the will of the king prevails. Do you understand? As long as you want to be part of this army, Sister Jimmy, your own will does not have any place. It's, it's hard to swallow. Yes. Your own will does not have what? Does not have the place. As long as you want to be relevant with God, only the will of the king matters. Do you understand? Praise God. That's why every time that we live, we must live to fulfill the pleasure of God. Do you understand? That's what Revelation chapter 4 says to us. Has left that we must always live to, to fulfill His pleasure. Now, let's look at another part before we move on. Now, only the men that have been trained in the heart of warfare and subjected to simulations, simulated conditions of warfare can be enlisted in God's army. You understand that already? So let's move on. Now, nothing encourages a soldier more than but let nothing encourages soldiers more than they seeing their captain at the forefront of the warfare now this thing that i just read is is part of the strategies of warfare eh? it's part of the strategies of what of war or battles of warfare now, what am i saying in the olden days and i'm sure there's maybe there are, there are still some generals military generals that do the same still but this is the strategy the generals you know generals are the ones that command army Eh? So, the generals will fight, some of them will fight at the forefront of the battle. You know what it means? That when, like, all of us in this church now, we are harming, eh? all of us, we are harming, and then we are fighting a war. Then you see our pastor, Pastor Diayo, at the forefront of the battle, and he's one doing so like this. Ka, ka, ka. Do you know everybody will be encouraged? No, but when you see pastor, we are fighting war, and pastor is sitting around there, and he say, Emma, Allah, my Nobody will be motivated to fight. See, the world that we have found ourselves, eh? That's why we call God the Lord of us. The Lord of us means the captain of us. So, the battle that we are talking about, God does not send men into the battlefield and go to break. Mm -mm. That's why he's called the captain of us. Now, your mama said, Oromanishe Fayati. 
So the battle that we are talking about, the Lord of us is already ahead of us. But it is possible that the victory that is present in the realm of the spirit can, can, can hang and not manifest in the physical realm. Praise God. Now, let me say something. The word that we are talking about, eh, that's a problem. You know, oh, I don't know what say that. In the kingdom, we fight from what? From victory. What can I tell you? Although the battle that we are fighting has already been won long time ago. Eh? But that is our spiritual reality. So it is possible that something that is a spiritual reality will not find expression physically because they are not capable men. There are certain things that should have found expression in your family. Eh? That there are no men yet. No men. No capable men. No genuine men. No genuine man. So that's why some things have been happening in your family. I said something last week. I said Goliath was threatening the people of God eh, for many days until, until David showed up. Then you come against me with spear, with everything, but I come against you what? In the name of the Lord of hosts. And I explained that the name of the Lord eh, is a location in a, in a location. Now, and I explained that we are in the church now and we are cast, trying to cast out a demon and we are saying we cast you out in the name of the Lord. We are in the church but we are also in the realm of the spirit. We are also in another location. So the name of Jesus is a location in another location. That's what the Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous rose into it. Yeah. The name of the Lord is a location. So I said that it is possible for somebody to mention the name and not be in the name. And that also happened to the sons of Skipper. They were saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, that Paul didn't come preach. We cast you out. The reconciliation says something like that. He said, he looked at them. It's calm. It's calm. That the, the demon was almost going out. But he said, mm, let me check. Let me check the computer. So he began to run through. He ran through. He said, I, I can see Jesus. I can see Peter. I can see Paul. But you, I can't find you. You are not in the location. So, one person, eh, one demon, it's seven people. And <laughs> I render them naked. Praise God. Do you understand? So, David came. He came in the name of. Do you think it was the uh, sling and the stone that kissed away like Goliath? How is that possible? But he came in the name. So, for certain things to begin to happen in your family, for some realities that are present to your family that you don't like, for them to stop, you must come in the name of the Lord against them. Praise God. Praise the living Jesus. Are you being blessed? Now, let's look at another thing. Now, Every man sent by God eh, is a dangerous man. Say that. Pastor Belumi is a dangerous man. Because he has been sent by God. Pastor Dami is a dangerous man. Because he has been sent by God. Rotola is a dangerous mischief. Because he has been sent by God. Do you know that? Ask me why is this? Ask me, say why is this so? Let me explain to you. The reason every man sent by God is a dangerous man. Because that man, when he shows up, he represents the realities of God. Praise God. A man sent by God, when he shows up, he represents the realities and the capacities of God. The things that can find expression through God. When that man shows up, those things will find expression. That's why the people who send themselves, somebody said that, if you send yourself on a battle that God has not sent you, you will pay with your blood. So every man that is sent by God, that is genuine, is a very dangerous man. Because the thing that God is capable of doing, eh, that the same man can do. That was what God did through Moses. Do you think it's a normal thing for someone like Moses to enter into Egypt and bring out those people? It's normal. But Moses showed up as a dangerous man. Now let me tell you something. Eh, don't embark on the journey that God has not sent you. Eh, it can be very dangerous. Because God is committed to whatever that he sends men. If he doesn't send you, he's not committed to it. He's only committed to whatever that he says. Do you understand? So every man that is genuinely sent by God is a dangerous man. 
that man, prophet me. He's just like a camouflage. Okay, prophet me. Okay, now, it's not about all of those things. Oh. Eh? As you're looking at him, as long as he is sent by God, eh? there is something speaking upon him that when the host of them, when they come, they will bow to his knees. See, every man sent by God is a dangerous man. I hope you are taking that home. Say, I'm a dangerous man. I'm a dangerous man. See, there are men that are dangerous. Now, I was this official with Olinebo many, many years ago. And he said, I think, uh, he said one day, uh, the, uh, as he was preaching, a witch confessed. And she, as she began to confess, she said, okay, that when they, when they, are, when they, when they cry, like, they usually infest um, all these expressways, you understand? So, she now said that when they, when they are, when they are thirsty of blood, eh? They will just cause accidents to happen. So people will die and they will go of blood, massive bloodshed. And so that's when they, they, they will be fed. And I said, okay, what is someone like us? What is someone like, someone like us are passive? He said, ah, we recognize our powers. He said, we flee. That man is a dangerous man. <laughs> now, he is in a location. When they scan through, through, that, through their own system, they found his name there. <laughs> so when he shows up, they will flee. <laughs> Praise God. So you are a dangerous man. Eh? Praise God. Then you have together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, now we have. Okay, you are going to add five more minutes for the prayer. Okay. Praise God. So now, let's go to today's teaching. Our people that are not around yesterday, I mean, last week, if you're not around, raise your hand. Let me see you. If you're not, did you get some things? Uh, at least I tried this one, Abby. They are clap for this one. Praise God. All right. When we talk about God's military formation, let me explain what it means to you. Right. God's military formation talks about how God forms men into mighty veterans. God's military formation talks about how God forms men into mighty veterans. Into mighty veterans of war into mighty soldiers after he recruits them first into his army. I'll go over that again. God's military formation talks about how God forms men into mighty veterans of war, mighty soldiers after he recruits them into his army. So that's what that phrase means. God's military or military formation is so did you get that? Can we proceed? Now, the need for training. Let's go over that. Right? The need for training and formation. Number one. The need for training and formation. The first reason here is to prepare us for the battle ahead. To prepare us for what? The battle ahead. We have explained that, right? So I'm not going to uh, talk about that. Let's go to the next one. To turn us into veterans of war. Number two. To turn us into what? Veterans of what? Of war. Or warfare. That's the second reason. I already explained that too, right? Number three. The ordination upon us needs to be preserved. The ordination upon us needs to be preserved. I'm going to do well so much on this. The ordination upon us needs to be preserved. Praise God. Now, you may not be aware hmm, until God shows to you. God might not have shown it to you, but if God shows to you, you become aware. 
that see the ordination upon some of us here, eh? the ordination upon us is in the same category as these fathers of faith that we see, that we always are. Ah, look at this man of God. I want to be like him. But you don't know that the ordination of God upon your upon your head, eh? upon your life is even superior to that of the man you are hiring. Do you understand? Some of us, eh, we are in this, we are from the lineage of people like Benson, Daosa, Bishop Oedepo, name them, or a robot. We are in that lineage. But because we have not yet understood, we don't know. So this is the reason God has to what? To train us so that the ordination upon us can be preserved. Praise God. Now, there is a being that is superior to you. There is a being whose intelligence is superior to yours. So the ordination upon you was wired, eh? was put together and placed upon you by that supreme being, which is God. So he understands that he understands the gravity of what, what will happen eh? if that ordination is not preserved. Imagine somebody like Bishop Wedeko now. Eh? Imagine if he just lived his, his life anyhow and he didn't follow what God want, wants him to do. What do you think will happen to the lives of people? Do you know how many people are under him? Praise God. So there is actually an ordination upon you that must be preserved. So this is part of the reasons that God needs to train us. Praise God. The next one. To give us a consciousness that only the will of the king matters. To give us the consciousness that only the will of the king matters. the next one to know him who has called us into battle to know him who has called us into battle that's another reason for training you know when God appeared to Moses eh? Moses was saying to God he said God what did they ask me that who, who, who sent you he said tell them that I am it was in the place of encounter that Moses journeyed into that revelation of God See, the names of God that we find in the Bible, eh? the actually revelation that people caught in their journey with God. So when somebody calls God, Jehovah Jireh, eh? now actually that name that is calling God is a revelation of the dimension of God that he caught in his journey with God. So when God showed up to Moses and was going to send him as the deliverer of his people, what God said to himself, there I am that I am. So when God wanted to, to send Moses, he, he came up with the geovistic dimension of his, of, his, of his person. Do you understand? I don't have to, I can't explain that. But when God was going to send Moses, eh, he showed up eh, as Jehovah. So Moses was able to understand that person of God. Do you understand? He was able to understand that dimension of God, the geovistic dimension of God. So after he understood it, then he went and was able to deliver the people of God. So when we, when God is training us, one of the reasons is because we must be able to understand the person that is sending us into battle. When we understand him, we know the reason he is sending us into battle. We know the reason for the battle. We know how the battle will end. One of the things that understanding God will do to us is that He makes us to have the capacity to be able to secure His voice before war. So it is very crucial that you are able to secure the word of God before you go for war. Do you understand? So when you understand Him, you are able to secure His voice. So Moses, in the place of encounter, he secured the dimension of God and he went in that strength. And he became a God unto Pharaoh. So understanding God or the person who is sending us into battle is, is, is something very important. That's one of the reasons God trains us. That's one of the reasons he puts us in, the, in, in his military formation. Do you understand? Let's look at the next one. Praise God. Praise God. Now,
was being trained in the way of Egypt. Possibly Moses would have been, if he didn't leave Egypt, would have become the next Pharaoh. You know it's possible. That's why we have the five book of Moses. You know. Now, the, all of the things of Egypt, the ways of Egypt, Moses, you know what? It was Pharaoh that, that brought up Moses. Eh? He brought, came up in the palace. So, he understood the ways of Egypt. But God, I said something that if you are going to change a civilization, God must first separate you from that civilization. Any civilization that you belong to, eh, that you are a part of it, you can't change that civilization until you come out of it. That's what the Bible says, come out from among them. And be ye what? Separate. Praise God. Hallelujah. So God brought Moses. He took him out of Egypt. Eh? And 40 years he was training him. And when he showed up, he showed up as a God unto Pharaoh. Now, Another person is David. David was the last one of his family. But how come the last one was the one doing the hardest job in the family? There is a reason for that, but I can't go into that. Most David. And so when, when Samuel came to annoy them, uh, the Bible talks about David as the, 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 the son of the other woman. There is a reason for that, well, don't worry. But when Samuel came to annoy him, he said, he said, are you, this are, he said, are you sure you have? But that man was in the wilderness. So most David would say that the Lord sent my hand to war, eh? That a bow of string is broken by my hands. God taught him, he taught him warfare. It was in the wilderness that he, he taught all kinds of handmas. So when he saw, when he saw actually, when he saw Goliath, eh, what he was seeing was beer. <laughs> Praise God. So it was an experience that he had journeyed into in the wilderness. So when he came out, Goliath was like a beer to him. So it was in the wilderness that God was training David. So when he showed up, eh, Goliath was, was something little to him. By the strength of the encounter, that he had with God. God sent Moses. Another, let me show you. <laughs> the Bible talks about um, John. You know, by the order of, I think, the line of, of John. John was supposed to be uh, a priest. Eh? Look at the mommy of John. Eh? John's mommy. She was looking for a child. Eh? Amen. <laughs> But when God gave her a child, that child, that child grew up. And he said, me, I'm taking another part. I'm going to the wilderness. See, yes, the reason is because an ordination was upon him. Listen to me. There are people here that, see, even, even, even if you want to misbehave, the ordination raging upon your life will fight you. Now, by the, by the lineage that he has come from, he was supposed to be a priest. But there was something that was speaking in him. So he journeyed into the wilderness. And the Bible talks about John the Baptist. That John the Baptist was in the wilderness until the day of his showing forth. And when Jesus was going to talk about John the Baptist, he said, who, who did you go into the wilderness to see? He said, a shining light. A bright and what? And shining light. He said, even more than a prophet. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let me show you one thing before I go. Mark chapter 1, verse 12. Mark chapter 1, verse 12. You can stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Now, look at Jesus. Eh? After they baptized Jesus, eh? Baba was still, eh? was, water was still on him. Everything was still flowing on him. Eh? Baba was still wet. After they brought him out of the water, look at what the Bible says. He was still wet, standing. Jesus was still wet. And the Bible says, and immediately, immediately, the spirit led him in and the spirit driven him into the wilderness. Now go to the next verse. And he was there. And he was what? He was there. There are some of us eh, that the spirit led us into wilderness, but we are no longer there. 
We left the place of training. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness and he was found there. There are so many people that go because he needed to train them. He led them into the wilderness, but they left their home. They departed from the wilderness. See, the people that God is going to send to the forefront of the battle, they are the people that will complete their time in the wilderness. That even though the government of God rests upon them, that government will rest upon them and they will give the government an expression. And so when they come out, they come out as a shining light. The Spirit led him into the wilderness and he was dead. Ah! 
Yes, Captain. Yes, Captain. It is a part of consecration. It is a part of purity. Lord, we are back. Lord, I pray that your hand that is so strong upon us, your hand that is so strong upon us for consecration, your hand that is so heavy upon us for purity, your hand that is so strong upon us for the path of isolation. Oh Lord, let that hand not leave us. Let that hand not leave us. That oh God, you will give us the capacity to stay in the path of consecration, to stay in the path of purity. Help us, oh God, not to bow to the ball of our days. Thank you, Father. Let's help in the Holy Name. For thine is the kingdom, for thine is the power, for thine is the glory, forever and ever. In Jesus' name, we pray. Jamie, I see the love, oh love, oh love, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. If you know that you have been blessed, please let's bless the man of God with our prayers. Let's bless the man of God. Let's say to God that the Lord should replenish him. That he shall never be satisfied with what he has now. 